Hey guys, welcome and thank you for tuning in to another one. So far, my episodes have followed a kind of progression. One topic has kind of blended into the subsequent one or has borne it. My ideas and planning tend to take a sequential pattern as opposed to a random one. So today I'm talking about how I really feel about compassion, empathy, and judgment. So I'll start with judgment and how it kind of necessitates the others, compassion and empathy. I have an emotional and cognitive pattern which usually gives rise to significant self-judgment. Like the example I gave last episode about my humiliation in front of the whole school. That occurrence resulted in feelings of inadequacy. And to avoid these feelings, I thought or felt that I had to do everything perfectly. But because perfection is unattainable and is not motivated by healthy striving or self-improvement, and because my emotional brain does not understand this, this led to self-judgment and feeling like I could never live up to expectations, but believing that I should. This is the pattern that I've noticed within myself. And it took me a while to become aware of this and to acquire the knowledge to express it. The latter was thankfully aided by more knowledgeable people than I. Let me give you an example of how this has played out in my life. Last episode, I talked about my primary school experience and that is one example. Another area it has played out is in my attempts at dating in the past. Let me preface this by saying that my dating life has been largely influenced unconsciously by my high school peers. If you recall episode 1 about childhood trauma, I spoke about how in high school we had to uphold two standards if we wanted to fit in the school society. The first one was that we had to disdain homosexuality, and the second one was that we had to be good at getting girls. You can imagine how this influenced me as I grew older and I started dating. I was never concerned about the girls I dated. What drove me was trying to live up to that second expectation. But since I didn't care about these girls, I looked at them as objects to be worn or challenges to be conquered. It is very much okay to want sex and to have sex if you are doing it for the right reasons. These are to want to experience pleasure and intimacy or to want to procreate. We are sexual beings after all and should be so proudly. However, having sex because you want to prove something to yourself or others makes it a performance and thus makes sex unpleasant and repetitive. This carrying of my insecurities into sexual activity is what conducted my actions with women in my past.
I'm still holding on to the religious and societal view conditioned into me as a child, so I cannot speak on the subject with clarity. But I will speak on my sexual anxiety later. There was this girl who used to go to the gym I went to a few years ago. I was attracted to her and she seemingly to me, so I asked her out. So I took her to play pool and afterwards took her to chill to, on a rooftop I know somewhere where we got intimate kidogo, after which I took her home. I could tell that she was not really comfortable being around my place when I took her there. Well, not really my place. This was my mother's place. And she doesn't know about this story. So, Akeskia, that's how it is, mom. So, I could tell that she was not really comfortable being around the place. But my unconscious drive to conquer her and finally live up to my expectations blinded me. So since she wasn't comfortable, she refused to be intimate with me. I think she could sense my neediness and it put her off. Women have an incredible sense of people's uh, emotional states. It's quite amazing actually. So because she refused to put out, I kicked her out and I was like, grab your jacket. I opened the door and I showed her out. It was like 9 p.m. at the time. And you know, generally women don't really feel safe walking around at night, especially alone. And this wasn't at the time of uh, Uber and Bolt and, and whatever. Afterwards, I hoped she would come back. This was, by the way, my kicking her out was kind of like a passive-aggressive move. So that at hopefully she would come back and realize she was wrong and she would put out... But she never did, because I did not conduct myself as an honest or a compassionate man. I beat myself up afterwards for throwing her out and messing up the opportunity to smash. These were the experiences that reinforced the tape of inadequacy that played in my head, and thus perpetuated the pattern I've mentioned. Because at the time, I was not mature or conscious enough to attribute her disinterest to my neediness and my not treating her kindly. I attributed it to how my techniques did not work and that I needed to do it better next time. This is how the inadequacy, perfectionism, judgment pattern played out. And this judgment pattern is powerful, man. Because what's always along hitching a ride when self-judgment is playing is shame. Shame is what tells us that we are not good enough. So my tip was you are not good enough fully, otherwise you would have gotten that girl. And that's, that stuff, especially when it comes from yourself, is very hurtful on an emotional level. So to avoid this narrative, over the years, I've left a lot of collateral damage with girls who've been involved with me from my teens up to my early 20s. 
Now there are some things which helped me turn myself talk around and they are compassion and empathy. Compassion I learned from Dr. Gabor Mate. It involves sitting with myself, with my pain, my perceived inadequacies, my flaws, my darkness, and saying, I understand. I won't run away from you anymore. I won't hide you anymore. I won't judge you anymore. And I understand why you are with me. This enabled me to open up to people I trusted, which still wasn't easy because of the shame. And it allowed me to get accurate feedback, which was empathy. Now, empathy is like, oh, you messed up? Yeah, I have to. We are only imperfect humans. Empathy I learned from Dr. Robert Glover in his book, No More Mr. Nice Guy, and Dr. Brene Brown in her book, Daring Greatly. And I received it from people who I shared my pain with and people who I shared my fuck-ups with. And they gave me accurate feedback that I was okay just as I was. Let me tell you, shame cannot survive where empathy exists. So sharing my fuck-ups with safe people helped me rewrite my self-talk. And another exercise that also helped me forgive myself is called feminine reconciliation, which I learned also from Dr. Glover. It is basically where things did not work out between me and women I've had in my life, whether it's my fault or hers, I have to indicate where I could have shown up better. By better, I mean more consciously with more self-respect, more boundaried, more honestly, with more leadership, less perfectly and more myself, that is, with more vulnerability. It is a great exercise in self-compassion and consciousness. This exercise helped me look at my conduct in past relationships and take responsibility for them. And thus I was able to admit fault first to myself and then to some of the women from my past, those I could reach, which actually, by the way, helped heal our relationship. But these are the kind of practices that I involve myself in regularly. Self-compassion, empathy, consciousness, responsibility. And whenever I feel shame or self-judgment bubbling up, I have the antidote in these practices and several others which I've cultivated. And what I've noticed is that the people who judge others also tend to judge themselves, perhaps even more harshly. I know because I have been a harsh critic of others myself. But are we aware of it? Can we be aware of it? Can we replace it with compassion and empathy instead? We can, but only if we genuinely want to. 
Thank you.